A strip club that's remodeling is offering its old couches for free. Hmm. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here in New York with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett in Philadelphia. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We're here every Tuesday. And you can also catch our show, The Focus Group, on Wednesdays, usually live from 1 to 2 p.m. on Facebook Live or YouTube. And focusgroupradio.com is where you need to go to learn all about the show, about me and Tim, and all our media is housed there as well. And a big thank you to Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, for being with Unbuttoned since the start. And thanks to all of you for your continued listening, subscribing, and downloading. So, a new week, Mr. Bennett. <laughs> new, a, a new week. I almost busted up laughing. I mean, we'll get to the story in a minute, but I, just the opening made me one of my favorite stories of the year thus far. Yeah, well, and and it's a and it's a find that you in fact found. I'd like to know those sources you're reading because well, this actually, actually this the, actually came from one of our listeners. And, ah, um, okay. and she okay. had sent it, she had sent it to, actually two listeners did it, uh, Jane and Ruth, both sent it to our focus group uh, page, which is Focus Group Radio on Facebook, and said, did you guys see this? And I laughed and I said, I did not, but I am going to, we're going to use it for, uh, for Unbutton. So thank you to Ruth and thank you to Jane for uh, letting us on. So we'll have to ask them where they get their sources, but I do pay attention where some of this stuff comes from because... Uh, some weeks are easier than others to find stories, but this one just just uh, in our other show we'd say caught our eye, but the, the, this this one was something else. So, well, yeah, this is this catches you all over when you read when you know. short story, but so we have a we have a couple of uh, we have three stories for everyone today, and uh, and Tim curated this. Tim pulled together this grouping of of stories, and it starts off with a uh, a piece about the Liberty Council. And that's a far right group, um, you know, one of those. I, I, do you want to call it an active, uh, like a, a, a think tank, or I, I can't re- really kind of describe what Liberty Council is, but they've been around for a they're while. A relig- they're, they, they protect our religious freedoms, John. Like the Constitution doesn't already, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the head, um, Matt Staver, S T A V E R, Matt Staver says that uh, the Q. In LGBTQ refers to pedophiles. And he says that activists are attempting to force the Supreme Court to legitimize alternate lifestyles and sexual preferences. So right off the bat, we know where this is all coming from because the minute someone tells me that I'm living an alternate lifestyle, I'm not living any lifestyle. Tim, you you say this the best, right? It's not a lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. (laughs) A vegetarian, living a vegetarian or a healthy lifestyle you can live a healthy lifestyle but being gay is how you're born it's like saying you're living a a straight lifestyle doesn't exist so he as tim said a moment ago this guy is the founder of liberty council one of the two major legal firms fighting on behalf of religious freedom laws and christian oriented interests again here we go smack in the face of the very tenets the country was founded on religious liberty Multiple denominations can worship here and live here in peace. But here we go again with the Judeo-Christian-oriented view. It's not surprising given the, the last two-year you know, decay of a lot of things. But 
So in their thinking, California, um, there's a resolution that was sponsored by um, Evan Lowe of California, Cupertino Democrat, and it's basically um, this bill that seeks to, um, you know, seeks to, uh, the, re- the resolution calls on religious leaders to counsel LGBTQ individuals from a place of love, and it asks all Californians, including religious communities, to embrace the individual and, sus- and the societal benefits of LGBTQ acceptance. It almost seems like this was a measure queued up in California for the right wing to tee off of. I mean, I did you read it that way too? Yeah, and it, it and so of course the religious right, the staver and his and his ilk have turned this into you know this is a directive that we've got to deal with. Um, you know, the pastors and the churches are going to have to be accepting of uh, the gay lifestyle. That's not what it is at all. It's not a directive. Um, they're, they're not making religious or, or pa- religious leaders or pastors or churches um, do anything that um, they don't have to do or want to do. So it to me, it seemed just like a lot of noise. When I read it, I thought, why would you even go down and to do this as a resolution? Because there's a couple of cases right, that are going to be heard in front of the Supreme Court that will essentially fix this, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, um, and the, the two cases are the, uh, the, the Equality Act and the Do Not Harm Act, which essentially um, would ban workplace discrimination against LGBTQ individuals and whether, they, whether gay people or sexual orienta- uh, orientation or gender identity falls under the Civil Rights Act. And there's a number of companies, what do they say, 200 companies that have signed a brief urging the Supreme Court to rule in favor of um, extending the definition of rights. And that's essentially what this guy in the Liberty Council is tuned up about, is he thinks they're trying to redefine um, who he says are, are equal citizens in the country. And he's using this odd thing about the Q, about pedophilia. And first oh, of all, oh, yeah. so, well, that, so that was the whole thing that I found odd, oddest about it all was he, he took a long leap to get there. Well, for this crowd, for the for the religious chest thumpers, you know, this is not exactly a hard. So they looked at um, he looked at the LGBTQ and he looked at the Q and we know the Q means queer. And he singled that letter out as saying that all the legislation that, you, that Tim was just referring to is seeking to elevate individuals who who fall into that category and think that it's okay to have sex with minors and all made up you know like no one has ever ascribed the term q to that but by a very simple bridge of false facts and innuendo he he's able to extend this little bridge from a statute that in, involves lgbtq people to the broader, oh my God, it's gonna like now. There's bestiality, there's right. pedophilia, pedophilia, there's all this, and and it is what it is. It's ginning up the base, right? It's getting people whipped up to send money or to do something. Um, but again, it's just totally not fact based, and it's just disgusting. Well, then so, he, right, and then he equates with you know homosexuality with um, not being monogamous and being in multiple relationships and having sex with minors. I got news for you, Staver. I mean, this is. If he thinks heterosexual people are monogamous and don't stray out of marriage or relationships, um, you know, this is just more hypocrisy. And uh, yep. it, it's so, yep. and that's and the whole you know that's the whole thing about it to me is like, come on, and um, and gay people don't have you know we don't we didn't corner the market on on pedophilia by the way, 
So, <laughs> not by a long shot. No. And I mean that's yeah, it's so insulting. Upset, it's I mean, insulting, it's, right? It's insulting to equate the two. You know, to sum it up, once again, the community is a punching bag for anything that that seeks to level the playing field and say, "Hey, let's treat everybody equally in the workplace or whatever." You know, whatever the the thing is. So that's the serious heavy piece for the week. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh after, but that, that it's just typical. Every week we we get something like this, and I think it's going to accelerate as we get closer to the elections. Um, the next one is the one I teased at the start of the show, and this one's classic. And it's the headline was, you know, strip club offers, and it just reads this: strip club offers its old couches for free, but warns there might be stains on them. <laughs> <laughs> so they. They show a picture of this furniture out in a parking lot. You can even see from how far the camera away. It's It's been heavily used, right? And there's a big pink <laughs> sign that says free or take it away. I think the author said, you know, buy, take this home and in two seconds you sit down and you'll have chlamydia. But I, wouldn't it be something, and it's not a long piece, but it wouldn't be something that I'd want to deal with, right? Well, what I laugh about this is a couple of weeks ago on our show, uh, The Focus Group, which is on Wednesdays at 1 o'clock live through Facebook or YouTube, Toledo, Ohio came in as one of the top places for the LGBT, for LGBTQ seniors to retire to. And so I just laughed. I'm like, here we go, Toledo, giving away free sofas. If you're moving in, you want to have a little retirement, save some money. They've got these sofas, just throw a sheet over them. But uh, I, <laughs> I, I thought it was hilarious. Scarlet's Cabaret, which which it says has a three point five star rating. <laughs> but can you imagine? I don't know. I just laughed. I, I I saw this and I thought, how hilarious. And then you know, to make matters worse, apparently the club had a fire recently, so they said there may be some smoke damage as well. But what's worse, the stains or the smoke damage? And, uh, <laughs> Take your pick, right? But I love the I love the thinking behind it. The uh, the writer of the piece said that they decided to give back to the community. <laughs> I just read that one thing, and I'm like, either they made it up or they didn't. But this idea of I'm going to give back to the community by putting uh, hauling these stained, you can imagine what's going on on those things, right? Oh my god! And I don't. I don't want a stereotype or profile, but a strip club outside of Toledo. So that's, I'll just leave it at that. Outside of Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> if the headline didn't do all the work. And we're going to conclude with a piece today um, in honor of the 50th anniversary of the landing of Apollo 11 on the moon, which was an amazing achievement. And in fact, I'm glad they're honoring it the way they have. And I've loved all the specials because... In our super high-tech world with computers that our phones are more powerful than the computer that took the astronauts to the moon, it is really gratifying to see, you know, that we achieved that goal, that, that Kennedy put it out there and the nation pulled together and did it. And yes, you know, I've said on our main show on Wednesdays, not everybody was a big fan of us landing on the moon. The resources could have gone in different areas, but... I think from an achievement point of view, it's just something we've never really been able to duplicate. So when I look at those capsules, it. though, I can't imagine going up in those things. First of all, they're claustrophobic. How tiny, they are? How tiny and they're yeah. like cans. They're like little cans. I don't know. I was I was shocked about. It. I think you took me to the Air and Space Museum out in Dulles, right? And we looked at some. Yep. We looked at some we other at some other space and, space things, yeah. and I just couldn't get over how small they were. The one at the. Um, 
Uh, I think it's actually the uh, Apollo 11, the capsule that's, I think it's the Apollo 11 capsule that splashed down after the successful landing is in fact in the Smithsonian Air and Space on the the main one on the mall. The one right. at Dallas Airport, by the way, is my favorite Air and Space. It's much bigger, bigger collection. But the one on the mall, um, the original Air and Space, when you stand and you look inside that thing, you're like three grown men for you know, I don't know how long the trip was, like three days out, three, you know, you're talking about almost two weeks in this capsule. And then they were quarantined after that. It, it, yeah, you you better not have had claustrophobia. Anyway, this piece was uh, titled Three Original NASA Moon Landing Videos Sell for $1.82 million at Auction. So an intern uh, named Gary George paid about, I think it was $112. 200 217 $17 back in 1970. 1970- 76 for a whole bunch of old magnetic reel tapes that he picked up at a government surplus sale. He got rid of most of them, but his dad convinced him to save the ones labeled Apollo 11 EVA July 20th, 1969 reel one. And what I'm trying to figure out here is he, it says in the article, the footage shown on network television broadcasts lost video and audio quality with each transmission from microwave tower to microwave tower. So I'm not sure what they mean by that. So is, this is either an original recording that one of the networks grabbed or a camera grab, but it's something everybody's seen. It's just, it's. did you figure that out? Well, I was trying to figure out what EVA was. I don't know if that was just simply a... Extra vehicular, uh, vehicular activity. So that was the leaving of the capsule, the actual oh, stepping onto the surface of the moon. How'd you know that? Smart? I'm a, I'm a geek. You're a geek. I know this All right. Stuff. Well, I figured yeah. you would. I, that's why I picked this story. I just, my question to you, and, and maybe it's rhetorical, but how does something like this end up in auction? I mean, you would think that this was such a, not just an American event, but a world event, right? Landing on the moon and somebody walking on the moon and coming back to Earth safe. You just kind of toss the tapes in a bin. I, I was kind of, because they said that he didn't really realize he had them until uh, back in 2008. NASA said they were trying to you know locate the original tapes. I mean, how do you misplace this stuff? It reminds me of your you, your favorite scene you always say, and what is it, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they're walking down with the... Uh... Oh, yeah, at the end of the movie, they go, don't you worry, Dr. Jones, the Ark is in good hands, and they show a spray-painting stencil being put on a crate, and then the camera pans up, and the crate is in a room with mil- thousands of other crates, and you know it's just going to get lost. It's going to be put into a stack, and no one's going to remember it. Um this is a big discussion, actually, amongst archivists because there was so much footage captured of the um, the launches, the Apollo program in general, that you know NASA did in fact archive, or they did label and archive key assets. But there was all this other film that people captured, and the other parts of the agency captured that ended up in warehouse shelves. A recent movie called Apollo Eleven, uh, which came out in IMAX and now is available on Blu-ray and DVD used found footage from 70 and 65 millimeter cameras that just recently came to light and the footage looks like it was shot yesterday i mean you you look at it and you're like is this a was this a recreation was this shot the other day it's so sharp and clear so they're still unearthing little pieces of this whole thing i'd like to say though that the uh according to the national archives and the and the national and nasa the the entire entirety of the mission is well preserved in, in in the historical documents. I think these things are either duplicates or something that was used by the television networks. But you know, it's a clever th- and for someone to spend what one point eight two million. That's well, it's a good return on his investment. 
yeah, and they got to take it and they got to make sure it's preserved and the whole bit. So pretty cool thing. Pretty, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And I've been enjoying this whole 50th anniversary thing. So uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the uh, podcast, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, has been a partner of ours here on TFG Unbuttoned. And we want to thank them for uh, being a part of our show since the start. And we want to encourage you to go to focusgroupradio.com, click on their logo, uh, the Critics' Choice Video logo, and begin to shop around. When you get to the site, I I say don't hesitate. Go to the left-hand side, menu structure, and there's a... You can request a catalog, and you know I always, I just, I get the catalog, and it comes in, and I'm like, hmm, I flip through, and I always see something that surprises me. So, catalog's not a bad place to start for Critics Choice Video. Well, I found something you can get for me, John. Because all Which the, it's, is? it's the opposite of Apollo Eleven. It's the complete series, the complete DVD series of the Flintstones, which uh, was released in 1960, of course. But this. New set came out of the full series in 2013, or I'm sorry, February 2018. And it's $67.46 for 20 discs and 166 episodes. And it's one of those commercials, or one of those um, cartoons that I just never grew tired of as a kid. I love the Flintstones. I love the ingenuity of, of the way they would make things work and and um, and I, I'm wondering. I haven't seen the show because I don't know if they do. They still play them on TV. I have not seen that cartoon on TV or the Jetsons for that matter in a long, in time. A long time. And I'm wondering yeah, how it, it would hold up because I I I loved it so much as a kid, and I know it was done in prime time, right? They were shown in prime time. They were the first prime time um, cartoon series, and so there had to be certain parts of it that only the adults probably would laugh at, right? And I was going to say, um, you know, this is one of Hanna-Barbera's first adult, quote-unquote, entries, yep. meaning it did air in primetime. And like all good cartoons, whether it's Bugs Bunny or the Flintstones, it, it, that when they're, the well-written ones do, are speaking to two audiences, yep. the adults in the room and the kids. And sometimes the same joke lands and is received differently based on your age. So I agree with you. I, would not, it was, I used to always watch it when it was on, and oh, I, I do agree the ingenuity too. was kind of funny. And it, but it's just a you know it's one of it's did someone once compare it to like the honeymooners? Um, well, they said that's what it was loosely based off of, or maybe not so loosely based off. But it was they said it was the cartoon version of the honeymooners. But uh, yeah, which you know some of those shows you laugh at how sexist they are now or what they. But it was the 1950s, you know, when those shows were done. Same with I Love Lucy, you know, when he puts uh, Ricky puts Lucy over his need to spank her. I mean, <laughs> that wouldn't fly today. Can imagine. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so head over to uh, focusgroupradio.com and click on the Critics' Choice video and start shopping away. It is America's movie and TV authority since 1987. They've been with us since we started here on TFG Unbuttoned. Thanks to all of you for listening every Tuesday morning. Be sure to also tune in to our live show, which is 1 p.m. East. And to find out all about us and our audio and video platforms, head over to focusgroupradio.com. We hope everybody stays cool and has a good week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.